avant-garde. <laughs> this is a show about art and stuff, but we're going to do a loose episode today because I just got back from my solo show. Katrina had a show. Jordan has a new job. So this is going to be just like a loosey-goosey check-in episode. Jordan, Absolutely. what's your new job? So I actually sell uh, Navajo jewelry now. So it's all handcrafted silver, turquoise, coral, and um, occasionally abalone. Wait, and your job starts at 3 a.m.? No, no, I'm so sorry. It starts at 3 p.m. Oh, okay. I I just have a lot of stuff I have to do before. (laughs) I was No, that wasn't clear. What kind of job is Jordan doing where she has to be there at three in the morning? Actually, weird story. And I don't know if anybody I love telling stories about the weird shit that I deal with, just in case anybody else is also dealing with something in my job interviewing processes. I got this is the funniest. And I was like, maybe I just don't understand how the world works. So there was a, a an assembly line position that I had applied to. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, it says entry level. They'll train you. Cool. I'll do that. So I got an email from them that they would not be moving forward with the interview process. And I was like, oh, okay, that sucks. And then a couple of days later, I got another email from them that said that they would not be interviewing me. And I was like, okay, the first one I understood. The second one feels hurtful. Uh, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I got this random phone call and I had been applying to jobs in the meantime. And this was, I had applied to another assembly line position, making makeup. I don't know. And so I get this phone call and they're like, hi, you know, we have this entry level assembly line position. And I was like, oh, great. Like, let's talk about it. I'm really excited. I just applied. And we go through this whole interview and I'm like, she's like, do you have any questions for me? And I was like, oh, well, you know, you guys make makeup. So what kind of companies do you produce the makeup for? And she goes, this is Boeing. And I was like, I'm sorry. What what do you mean this is Boeing? And she's like, it's aeronautical. Uh, we do. We make plane parts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys sent me two emails that you would never interview me. So I don't know why you're calling me right now. (laughs) It's probably like a recruiter messing up their assembly line sends. Maybe I guess because um, this is the reason. So wait, would do you not want to assemble planes? Jordan? Is that not? No, I would have loved to. I'm, I messed up the interview by not knowing what company it was because they didn't tell me what company it was. And I wrongly assumed that getting two separate emails that I was not in the running would have taken me out of the running. Um, yeah, but also but that if you're, one, if you're interviewing someone, how do you not answer the phone? Like, hello, Jordan, this is so-and-so from Boeing. With like, so why yeah. would you introduce yourself? That's what well, I was the, saying. Is it like some third party person? Because why no, are you not like, hi, I, it's, well, it's I guess their honestly, HR department. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. This it all seems so very ridiculous. Messy. But that job would have started at 4 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. Ugh. So. No, thanks. Yeah. With a 45 minute commute. I was just like, all right. Well, when I finally got borderline the. borderline graveyard shifting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what my dad what do you, does right now. And I was just going to say, what are you, my addiction. dad in the 80s? Why are you working? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work oh at God. the assembly line at 4 a.m. be quiet all day because Jordan's <laughs> sleeping all the time. <laughs> Dude, oh my okay. Weird aside, I had such an intense anxiety day yesterday. My doctor prescribed me Ativan and I haven't taken it before, but okay. I was like so anxious, like I couldn't function, just like so many racing thoughts and like my body wouldn't slow down. So I cut it into quarters. I took a quarter of an Ativan and I was supposed to go to a party and instead, I took a shower and fell asleep in my towel on my bed because okay. the party didn't start <laughs> till 10 p.m. Adam oh. does not fuck around. Oh, my Barely. God. I took a quarter I of one. I was like, never again. Like, that's way too intense for me. But did you it the party was so late. Did you stay home or did you wake up? Do you woke up like this I woke morning? up at. I woke up at midnight with all my oh, lights okay. on. My boyfriend, I had told him I was going out to a party and he was like, well, just like let me know when you get home so I know you're safe. So I woke up to like three missed calls from him at like 1230 at night. And he was just oh. like, I just want to make sure you didn't get murdered because <laughs> you just said you were going to a party and then <laughs> never <laughs> responded. Oh, God. What is the dosage? I have no idea. Okay, because I'm on Zoloft and I take uh, I only take 25 milligrams, which is like lower than the lowest dose that they normally prescribe. Um, But it's because when they put me up on the higher dose, I started getting like bleeding ulcers on my gums. Cool. (laughs) But at 25, I don't get any of that, but I get all of those little boosts that I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I hadn't taken less ulcers, more boosts. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs just like affect me really intensely generally. Me too. So I always try to start with like a very small amount because like yes. it's just super intense. Like some people will be like, yeah, I'll pop three of those babies. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. But I'm just I'm just curious is Ativan and at uh like like take it when you need it like a Xanax yeah or it's a, it's basically oh, okay. the generic lorazepam so it's an anti-anxiety um and it's supposed to be if you're having like panic attacks or just like really intense anxiety and okay. I it's like an emergency inhaler for your brain okay. yes that's exactly what it is it's just like in case of panic attack break glass or Pop whatever one of these okay. babies yeah because yeah. with, with mine, you have to get your body like there's a reserve that you build up to. Mm. And so you have to take it consistently and then your body gets used to it. Um, but I was I had like severe nausea for about four weeks, like could barely stand because I was just so sick to my stomach. And when that went away, it was instantaneous and also amazing. Uh, once you like fought through <laughs> the the nausea yeah no yeah. i only had non-prescribed xanax once and it felt great but in a way that i was like oh no i will escape into this void forever like i can't have access <laughs> to this at all it's i think for me i just like i don't like the feeling of not being in control Yes. And so like it takes me a really long time to relinquish to the effects of drugs because I'm like, this yeah. isn't me. And I'm like right. fighting. Drugs. You sound like my mom, you fucking nerd. 
<laughs> so funny. And it's funny because I know that, I don't know, I know they're, first off, I do not have tons of experience with antidepressants or hard drugs, I, or hard, what you would say, like, I don't know, uppers even, and things that people okay. would say, like, yeah. I've had, like, I smoke weed every day, um, and uh, will recreationally use uh, hallucinogens, um, and have uh experience with microdosing but that's not really for me for the nausea jordan like okay it will make me feel good but i don't want to feel good and kind of sick all day so it's like not worth yeah. it to me i don't get it but uh i will feel that way using drugs and be like "Ooh, is this me is this me and then when i'm not on drugs be like yeah i'm the same this is the exact <laughs> same shit i do just more spastic and stressed out about it i do the yeah. same thought process so it will make me feel better to not do drugs for a while and be like yeah dude my brain works the same i have the same like ebbs and flows and even productivity whatever it is when i take breaks it's like dude this is not the drug it's a lot of this is still the same person <laughs> Yeah, I like I think for me, I prefer if I can because like I've tried other things and for me, weed is like the perfect it just like turns the volume down a little bit on some of those like mm -hmm. racing thoughts and interruptions mm -hmm. that allows okay. me to focus better. But yeah. I still feel like myself and I don't yeah. feel like I'm out of control, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Oh, so, I can't smoke weed. I grind my teeth and like <laughs> I get all stressed out but also jordan your body reacts to a whole lot of things differently yeah it really does your body's just like <laughs> your body's and like not the that that makes kid. not that you're the outlier for weed because marijuana affects tons of people that way and like Very don't differently. like it at all but absolutely for other reasons you are not the litmus test <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they had to give me tiny doses of my antidepressants. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so, God. Katrina, how was your show, by the way? What happened? Oh, yeah. So, I had my um, stand-up performance art show. Uh, the comic is present. I had the first two nights. Uh, the first night was April Fool's Day. And then I had it that Friday and Saturday. Um and they were awesome. Uh, it was like <gasps> the most I could have expected from something that was full on conceptual. And I just kind of put it out there to see, um, you know, what the outcome would be. And absolutely. A lot of my friends came. I had um, a couple like a bunch of people come that were strangers that were just like we just saw like a flyer for our art show and decided to come like just like that's so cool, cool. That's couples awesome. like on date nights um a couple that was just in the art gallery so they like legit stumbled upon me as if i were an installation like they just came to look at art and then just like read the sign and ended up staying for the show. So for anyone That's who, so cool. uh, I, it was inspired by our last episode before our break of, uh, Marina Abramovich. I still fuck up her name. You guys know who I'm talking about, but yeah, uh, inspi inspired by Marina Abramovic's, um, the artist is present. I did a stand up show. 
called The Comic is Present, where people had 60 seconds to interact with me. Um, and then I did a set based on the collective thoughts of those interactions in those 60 second increments. Um, the first night I had probably like, I don't know, maybe less than 20 people. And I did like 45 minutes, um, based off those interactions. And eventually my goal is for it to be 50, 50, like I'll have 50 people come and have 50 minutes of stand up. So that's like my ultimate goal for the next shows. I'm going to do some more shows this summer, but, uh, that was super fun. One of my friends came that I have not seen since, uh, way before the pandemic, even I haven't seen her in at least like three years and she came and surprised me and I, we both cried. Aww. So Aww, I ha- awesome. she's my way now. And, um, yeah, I got to like hear a lot of things, even from people that I talk to every day that they probably wouldn't have told me if I weren't sitting there not talking. Oh, Um, like confessional? Well, I mean, not confessional as like in a secretive way in like things that they were saying to me, but they, I don't think would maybe necessarily come out in a, uh, even ratioed conversation. It was like mm. everyone kind of has this like be of trying to make a joke and then realizing how much time they have left and then being like, okay, well, there's some kind of level of discomfort with that or mm-hmm. they'll just like launch into a bunch of stuff. Some people had like full on thoughts and theories that they obviously had that they wanted to rant about to someone, you know what I mean? Or just free thoughts that had nowhere to go. Like I had a guy, one of the biggest laughs that wasn't of a joke was just, um, Martin shout out Martin. Uh, it came up and said, they have uh when I go on my walks in the morning, I always see all of those padlocks that people put on like the gates across like bridges and stuff. And he was just like, Well, where are all the keys? And he was like, <laughs> Every time I pass these locks, I can't stop thinking about where all these keys are. And uh and so really everyone cute. really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was fun to just kind of get to see what other people think about that's another thing that i'm excited about for the next shows is like more friends to come but also for me to have more experience with the show and hopefully get the word out there to more people that i don't know and see what things they're going through or thinking about or changing with their bodies i had a lady that was had stopped shaving she had like just recently in the past like month or so stopped shaving and she was like i wore a dress today and i just like had so many thoughts i've been thinking about my body hair all day you know what i mean like that kind of thing mm. so it was uh it was an awesome experience and I'm really excited to do it again. So and the lodge, uh the art gallery, uh Alice and Nils that own it here in Hollywood are just like the best people I could have to like partner with and they're also just like the coolest, like just listening to their amazing stories. And yeah, they're both fantastic artists. So also go to the Lodge Art Gallery if you live in L.A. But yeah, I'm going to definitely be back. 
I don't know, maybe in July or August, I'll see what's up. I have some comedy trips coming up, but I can't complain for sure. Like I'm working on being very aware of uh, how I gauge things being good or whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel that. That's hard. So yeah. yeah, it was a it was a great yeah two shows. You know, I have it was fun a question. to kind of do something that experimental. For you as a person, you know, generally when we engage in conversation, we're engaged in there's a back and forth immediately of like, mm -hmm. you say something, I say something, we're excited, we're talking together. How was it for you to be quiet? You know what I mean? To like not mm. respond immediately to people and to sort of withhold what you're feeling for jokes later. Like, how did that feel mm -hmm. for you inside you, if that makes sense? Mm. It was exciting. Um, there were a lot of, this, again, it was this time it was a lot of my friends. So a lot of people like joking about like, oh, Katrina, like never heard you not talk for this long. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> or people, <laughs> um, a lot oh, of people God. thought I wasn't going to do it. Like there were people that were like, oh, oh wow, you're really not talking. Oh, That's okay. I thought, I thought you were going to talk. And I was just like, no like kind of the whole thing and so um and i do still talk a lot with my face so sometimes i can't help but like even if a stranger said something that was just really like whatever i would definitely like giggle or smile or you know whatever but no i really didn't talk i was like writing notes like i it's funny because i was like rapid pace writing all of my notes like i have like all these Absolutely. pages of notes uh, and then Brie Pruitt, uh, who Rivers, Langley, and Brie both hosted slash open for me. They're amazing. Um, oh, nice. yeah. Uh, Brie was just like, how much listening. time? Oh, what? Oh, so I was going to say, I just started listening to The Goods from the Woods, and it is a fantastic oh, yeah. podcast. I'm it's about to so try good. To, I'm trying to be on there again. Rivers is such a good... He... He did tour buses or some kind of tours for a job. I don't know if he still does it. I don't think he does it anymore, but he... Yeah, he does Hollywood everything tours. That he do yes, everything he does has such a fantastic presentation. Like, I 100% thought about that when I asked him to help me with that portion of the show, and he did... Just oh, even amazing. the pickles that he makes. They're called, oh my like, gosh, swamp, I was about to say and swamp water pickles. pickles. Like he's so I had a dream. <laughs> Jordan, I had a dream last night because I will have dreams about things that I wish that I did better and stand up. Okay. And I had a dream that I was back at the show and I told everyone about how good his spicy pickled green beans are because they're oh. freaking amazing. <laughs> um but um, oh, but Brie at one point was like, okay, it's like almost five minutes. What do you want me to do? Like we were trying to figure out the like um, when she was going to start and bring me up and all this stuff. But I was still waiting for people to come. So I was like writing it down. And she was like, I could not read. What is that? Like she couldn't read my handwriting <laughs> at all. And was just like, That's really what funny. is this? And so I was laughing, trying to communicate with her by not talking. And yeah, it was fun. It was, it was definitely, um, I had a couple people that I respect a lot kind of message me and be like, yeah, this was really different. And you know, I'm glad you like pulled it off or whatever. So 
was that's good. awesome that's so cool. that makes Accessible me so happy dude show. how was your trip oh man i'm so tired uh this is what happened <laughs> so like before the show i the first thing is i had this idea i was like i'm gonna make a giant cloud sculpture that rains flowers so i got 300 flowers laser cut out of wood and i was like painting them like spray painting them in my backyard essentially uh my neighbor finally got mad at me i've been spray painting in the backyard for five years and finally a neighbor was like what's with the overspray girl and i'm like i have cardboard <laughs> down suck it like you can power i was like you can pressure wash this off it's fine relax like i'm in there it's this area that's next to my neighbor's garage and so like a little bit of overspray is on their very dirty, disgusting garage. And finally, okay. like whoever owns the building was like, um, excuse me. And I was like, suck it. I really don't care. But so I got the as flowers. As I got th- spray painting people's cars. Like, yeah, no. And it, that's it's what I very, thought you like, were going to say. Is someone complained about it, like blowing even because <laughs> I don't know if Pasadena's is bad, but like it can get windy. I thought you were going to say it, it can. blew onto someone's car. Yeah. I got super lucky with the weather because I actually like could have it could have rained the whole week that I had planned to spray paint mm. and it only rained a couple days and I wound up getting everything done in time. But so I got my 300 flowers and I'm like, oh, shit, that's not enough. So I got 300 more, um, did all those, hired an assistant to put the centers on. Like it was just like this crazy production schedule. It was like very physically taxing. Got to the gallery, only used 150. So I I was about to say, how many flowers are on under that cloud? So I have 450 flowers. If you want to buy some, you can go to the website. You can get a set of three for $20. They'll mail them to you. Stop. but so I was very like <laughs> cocky about my installation. I was like, I got everything organized. This is going to be a fucking breeze. Yeah. So we get to Milwaukee. My homie installs. I had a, my friend Matt Connell make the big part of the cloud. And the, the premise the of the installation. Insane. It's so cool. And I love it so much. So the premise Yay. is like. I did all of these like embroidery pieces that are like clouds raining flowers and then cloud people going through these rainbow portals and there's like 30 of those. And the premise of the cloud is that it's like a live version of that that you can stand inside. So it's this giant cloud that is lit from the inside. It's made out of clear plastic and fiber fill. My friend Matt Connell made the cloud itself in Milwaukee and I paid him for that so that I wouldn't have to try and transport it. And also he's just a mm. genius. It looks amazing. I'm it's the coolest thing I've ever made and I love it so much. Yay. Uh but does he do light work there. or something? Or is he like build things of all he sorts? Is, I would say he sits in between like a high end carpenter and a sculptor, but he does a okay. lot of like large scale artistic installations for like events so he does like a fancy tiki hut for the bucks uh which is like the milwaukee basketball team so he's like locally and i would say all across america pretty well known for his like pop-up sculptural exhibitions um so he can do like faux painting and faux finishing and he's very like imaginative with materials and his craftsmanship is always 100 percent, and he's always on time so i knew like 
like my friend Josh who owns the gallery messaged me he's like has Matt started the cloud yet what does it look like and I'm like I don't know I just know it'll be ready and it'll be good like (laughs) so he's someone you can really trust so yeah I guess if you live in the area and you need some type of production I'll give you Matt's info but so he came we put the cloud up and he's like okay this is what you do you have to like screw the you put you put screws into it and then you can attach your fishing line and I had gotten these like jewelry crimps to attach so like the first day I think I got five flowers installed because you're screwing above your head into plastic but it wants to catch all of the fiber fill yes and then if you attach the fishing line beforehand, it like gets caught in the drill. So it's just this, Mm -hmm. yeah, it spins and it catches in the head of the drill. So I had to like figure out this different system. So the first day I got like five done and I was like, it's okay. Like, cause I had, I, what I did with the rest of the galleries, I had 63 pieces total. So I signed the backs of everything, laid it out, kind of decided where everything else went so Josh could hang the rest of the show while I was doing the cloud installation. And then I went out with my friends, my boyfriend Brandon and I stayed with my friends Nellie and Peter the first night. So we went out and got trashed. I have not had a drink since last year, really. And I like Milwaukee Old Fashions. I had three Milwaukee Old Fashions. I woke up wildly What's a Milwaukee Old Fashioned? Uh, so in Milwaukee, the way that they make old fashions is they take like two or three cubes of sugar. Like they'll fill, it's like an inch of sugar. And then they put either brandy or whiskey over the top of that. They muddle oranges and maraschino cherries in it. Then they add a little bit of like Sprite and then, or sometimes like seltzer water. And then they'll put like cherries and oranges on top. So it's like a super sweet, fruity drink. Wow. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, it's a lot of sugar. And it's like I a love tiny them. Long Island of some kind. Yeah. It's like one kind of liquor, but like all the sweetness. Well, so when I got to, when I came to California, my favorite drink is an old fashioned. But I had only had, I'd only lived in Wisconsin as a drinking adult. So I thought that no one in California knew how to make an old fashioned <laughs> because I would be like, yeah, no. I want an old fashioned to be like, what is this no. trash? You guys made it just... into a fruit cocktail. <laughs> like it's normally something that you drink with a cigar and you guys were like, you know what this needs more. Ch-. Like you guys made a Michael Scott old fashioned where you took a sip and you were like, Mah! and then just threw a bunch of cherries in it and mashed up. You're like, now that's a drink. Like What we really made is a kitty cocktail, essentially. There we go. But you added liquor to it. Like, that's what that's a Wisconsin so- old fashioned is. And then I was like, I love kitty cocktails. This is amazing. I feel My lit. Gosh. That's so much sugar. It's so much sugar. So I had three of them, so and then I didn't and feel awake. good. It's like you're getting fucked up on pixie sticks. <laughs> They're delicious. Uh, so we had a great time, and then That's I so got up funny. and was like trying to do my install, and it wasn't great. Oh, um, I didn't think about the fact oh, that you had gotten yeah, five flowers. I do not want to hear. I also don't want to hear a drill hung over. No oh thanks. Oh my God. <laughs> and you're drilling like above your head and then you got to figure out like, like the inside weight. your head. <laughs> yeah. It was super intense. 
So I wound up, it took me all four days. I had planned to like install two days and then like see friends for two days. It took me all four days to install. And then my friend Eric, I had him uh, CNC cut this like rainbow, like it's like a portal shape for the floor. Yes. And my friend Nikolai actually painted it and they, um, they're like a gallery assistant at VAR West, which is the gallery that the show is at. So okay. they wound up painting okay. it for me and then I kind of like touched it up the day of. So really like Josh needed to scan everything for the virtual tour at 3 p.m. Friday and I finished at 2 p.m. Ooh. So it was like just in time. Just in time and then photo finish. I did Well, you had an hour to shower and chill and like pretend that it was all done and easy. <laughs> Yeah. So Saturday was actually the opening, but so I really like oh, okay. use Saturday to kind of like see friends, relax a little bit. I had to be at the gallery at four to do an interview. So we did a video interview where I sort of explained my process about everything. Um, and then the show opened and it was really fun. And like, I definitely love how people are interacting with the cloud. It's making me really happy. Um, unfortunately the gallery is only open Fridays and Saturdays from noon to five. So I think people just have less opportunities to yeah. be there. Yeah. And also the opening weekend was the same weekend as the Chicago Expo, which is a really big deal in the Midwest. So what's that? An expo for everything? It's basically like LA Art Fair, but oh. it's a Chicago Art Expo, I should say. Oh. So it's the, it's oh, nice. Yeah, it's basically the L.A. art fair for like Chicago, Milwaukee, like that kind of like Midwest area. Um, so a lot of the larger like collectors and artists were there for that. They weren't present. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, it's I don't know. I have really mixed feelings about it right now. Like I love the show. I love everything I made. But I'm also definitely feeling like a little bit of anxiety financially just because I basically spent four months not making money. And so far, I've only sold seven pieces and I've essentially earned back almost what it costs to drive there. So, mm. <laughs> but okay. also because you made so many pieces. I made so many. You pieces. have so much left to make back, you know. Yeah, and knowing I think that's knowing that people wanted to buy things and can only get there on like for those hours, I could only go on Saturdays. So well, what's tricky is everything is available online. Um, mm, okay. so you can purchase and view the work in the online gallery. Good, but it's definitely like I think that a few things I don't love about the gallery are that they have QR codes, so prices aren't like next to the work like there's no title price oh so okay. it's like you have to look at the qr code to find the prices and titles and i spent a really long time thinking of titles and like the titles oh, yeah. are really important to me so like That's no one's fair. reading the titles which kind of yeah. hurts my feelings a little bit oh um, yeah but yeah so i am working on like a book that will have the whole collection all together Ooh. so that that's people great. can view it in a different way and sort of have access to it at a more affordable price point but i i don't know it's 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 interesting i really love everything i made i think i had a really positive experience and i'm still getting mm -hmm. messages from people because like gallery night was last night so i'm still getting you know people tagging me taking photos with the cloud and like yeah that's photos what i was seeing is people under the cloud 
Yeah, it makes me super happy. And they're trying to find a buyer for it. And I'm really hoping oh, that they do. I never thought about someone buying it. I thought, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously oh, that's yeah. the goal. But that, that piece, is- I didn't <sighs> think about someone buying. I didn't think about someone buying that specifically because it's-, it's, I don't know. I guess I thought about it staying in the gallery longer, but I get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it can't because then they have to do other shows there. So, like, it is priced very affordably for what it is because I really just want to make my money back, essentially. Like, Mm -hmm. it's only $8,000, which is pretty affordable for something that scale. Like, at a larger gallery, if I had a larger name, I would probably sell that for twenty dollars or $30,000 just because of Mm -hmm. how much work went into it. But I really am like, I would like to recoup my costs. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... We'll see what happens. There's he's talking to um sort of like there's an arts hotel in the city, so I'm hoping that the arts hotel will buy it because then it would be sort of on public oh, display. Nice. Yeah, so it's something that the public that, could continue. That's kind of what I was with. thinking about. Yeah, it living in a space that way. Yeah, yeah. So if you live in Milwaukee and go to the Saint Kate Arts Hotel, tell them to buy my cloud. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It's I love everything I made and it's super like, you know, it's like about love and death. But people came to me and they're like, everything here makes me really happy. And I was like, it's mm-hmm. mostly about death. But thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just because of the palette that I'm using. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Nice. Uh, and then I went to Colorado and I made some glass with my friend Colorado Glassworks and then I went to Vegas and there was a glass conference there. So I met a whole Ooh. bunch of glass artists that I'm friends with online, but have never met in real life. Um, okay. Like Aaron Glassworks and uh, Heart of Stained Glass, Arts from Glass, a whole bunch of just like really cool glass artists. And it's like, oh, just I got a bunch to, of glass like, heads hanging out. <laughs> basically yeah it's it was really fun it felt like a girl's trip it's like oh my god girl's trip let's go to the beach and talk about glass it's so fun was so there just gl- like i get it beach sand glass was yeah. there uh glass merch there's glass uh, yeah i brought a piece of glass home um oh, nice. so i can make art out of it but it also just felt good like i haven't no i meant like i came like- here to have like a kick glass time or like <laughs> My no, other car is be. like, I don't know, like some kind of, I want like. My other car is you a can, kiln. That's yeah, really funny. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I love that. <laughs> Kiss my glass. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have merch now. <laughs> <laughs> this like, is the market, if, okay? If you can read oh, this, the God. orb fell off. Like, I don't know. I need to learn more. <laughs> to really flush these out but you guys know what i mean <laughs> well so what's really interesting if you guys want to like get into the glass world or whatever real quick what's super interesting about it to me is that right now there's this divide between the old school glass artists and the new school revival so like okay. most glass of beef. the people there are like in their 50s and 60s they're sort of old school they don't have the internet it's like a very small sort of community i'm imagining that it's a similar vibe to a turquoise expo from the glass people that i know in my life 
like I'm imagining a similar kind of old person, but with glass. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Like, are there a lot it's of ponytails? It's very much that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like <laughs> older women and men with ponytails and just yes. like, yeah, man. And then there's the new glass school, which is all these sort of like young, hip glass artists with like 50,000 followers. Like my friend Maggie yeah. did like an Instagram live. She has like 100,000 Instagram followers. Your sexy glass influencers coming in our expo <laughs> with Absolutely. your selfie sticks and your followers. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, and what's interesting right now is that Oceanside Glass and Tile is one of the few glass companies that is embracing this new wave of glass artists. So a lot of the other companies are not really interested in marketing to younger people. They have their restoration crowd. They have their traditional glass crowd. And they don't really care about the new school. But the new school is what's next. I was about to say, you mean like they're not interested in the style of the newer work and they're They're only fixing old things? What I mean is they're not interested in catering their products or their marketing to a younger audience. So they're like, we have our bread and butter. We're doing great. Like, we don't want to change. We love what this is. Whereas like Oceanside is like, Oceanside is on the gram. They're doing selfies. They're tagging all of us. They're making reels. Like they are embracing the fact that the new age of glass artists is connected through this community that's online Mm -hmm. in a way that the old school is just like, we got a Facebook group, you know? So it's very Mm. like, it's interesting to see that push and pull because in the new school like we have certain things that we want like we want brighter colors and we want more fun things and we want events and community and you know what we are looking for as a younger audience of glass artists is very different from what the older crowd is asking and I think that a smart glass company would recognize that these older people are starting to retire from glass they're starting to get arthritis it's becoming a difficult hobby to continue with for them and they're phasing out of glass in that capacity and that they Mm -hmm. really do need to start marketing to and catering to a younger audience and embracing that young audience but they're still very much outliers to a lot of the community so it's really interesting Because when you say catering to, are there like products that they don't carry because uh, glasswork is changing? Yeah, a lot of like, especially like gold pinks and um, there are specific colors that are more difficult to produce that younger glass artists are willing to pay for. But okay. that older companies are like, well, no one, you know, people we don't, don't use this that. enough and it's hard uh-huh. and whatever. And I think that younger artists just would be the like, slower adapters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some glass like colors are difficult to get. Things are being discontinued and these glass companies aren't recognizing and embracing the glass revival that's happening online. So it's really interesting to see. And it was interesting it, to see the contrast in life, like in real life. Right. Like you see, I was about to all say, these, like, like, did that manifest there? Like, were there a lot of more people that were younger there and kind of active with you and your friends? Yeah. So everyone young is someone that I knew. 
everyone young okay. is someone that I've had interactions with online. We're Facebook or we're Instagram friends. We all kind of hung out together. We hung mm-hmm. out like a lot of us like I missed some of the earlier days. So some girls like they went out, you know, and bought weed together and went out to dinner and stuff. And we kind of like fractured into smaller groups just to because there were so many of us but Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see like oh we all know each other and we're all just having this great time Uh absolutely absolutely and then there's all the like super old like in their 50s and 60s kind of crowd who kind of knows each other just from doing these events over the years but don't have the same catching up like here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because so did you feel like some of those people would come over and see what was going on with the other newer companies? Or do you feel like it kind of stayed segregated? Like, did you go talk to any of the older? Um, I was only there for one full day, so I didn't. Uh, some okay. of my friends took classes. And it was uh. interesting because I was trained by the old school. A lot of mm-hmm. the yeah. glass artists that I know are self-taught or took a class from another hobbyist I was trained in a glass studio and the way a studio operates is very different so two of my friends took a glass cutting class and were very disappointed in the way the teacher taught he was an older guy and he was very like you know this is the way to do it and he wasted a lot of glass which really upset these young girls who have to pay for their own glass themselves and I was like oh I was like, he's cutting the way a studio cuts. Because if you're cutting for a studio, uh, the most important, the most expensive material is the time cost of your workers. So it's cheaper to waste some glass than to make more difficult cuts that require grinding. So that's mm, why that happens. But mm, they they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but that's interesting. Just to yeah. know that there's a reason behind that, depending on where your training comes from. And Absolutely. that shift from, like you're saying, Andrea, how many of those places are even left in the country that you can get that kind of job. So even catering classes to artists that are doing this on their own, because that's mostly who it's going to be going forward is interesting. Yeah. Glass, glass studios in the scale that I have worked for. There are three in the country that are that's as what large. I thought it was like crazy low. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why if you get fired from one of those places, it's hard to find another job. <laughs> without moving um but uh yeah it was really interesting and I I actually there's a local glass studio here and so I reached out to them to see if they wanted me to teach painting classes I haven't heard back yet I'll probably check in but that's exciting um, though yeah I think that would be fun but it really just like reinvigorated like how much I was like I miss glass like I miss doing glass work it's something that I am pretty good at um not a brag just the truth so (laughs) I don't know. I'd like to be able to do it again more. But yeah, it was really fun. It was honestly just fun. It got disorienting after a while because we drove like it's 30 hours from L.A. to Milwaukee. And between Brandon and I, we drove so much that it was like you just I would wake up and forget where I was and forget who I had seen or like what happened. So I it feels it took me a couple days to just feel grounded and centered that I was in a place again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And then I immediately started working on three paintings that I need to finish by Friday for another gallery here in Los Angeles, because I realized I really don't show in a lot of Los Angeles galleries. And that's something Mm -hmm. I'd like to change this year is to not have to drive my work across the country to have a solo show. So yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be super great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of flowers, the other thing that I did aside from getting a job was to crochet 300 of these bad boys. <gasps> I love that, Jordan. That's so oh pretty. My gosh. So it's. I want to live in that blanket. What? They're puff stitch daisies. If anybody wants uh, patterns, I took a few patterns and wrote my own. Um, and I will gladly I pass on. Uh, crochet patterns uh but yeah i mean 300 what is that of those. jordan is that a blanket or is it gonna be yeah a yeah so this is oh, just so what i've cool. sewn together so far it um, looks so, the colors are perfect well i, I had, 10 out of 10 would love that in my room except i know chewy oh, yeah. would put his little nails in it and pull all the strings out but i love it yes. it's so i cute. love the maroon well it's so pretty i too. had um, I had a bunch of yarn from projects I've already finished. And so this was just, I literally just made it because I was like, I'm not going to have to worry about running out of a color. There's not a pattern. It's not, you know, I don't need a specific amount of pink to do this one square. Like, so this, I just finished off like six skeins of yarn that I had that I couldn't do anything else with. That's so cool, dude. It looks really awesome, too. That's a pre- that's pretty awesome for a cleanup project. Yeah. <laughs> right? Fantastic. Oh, you I'm know, just... I just put this together. It's whatever. It's awesome. I'm just clearing shit out of my closet at this point. But I counted them. And yeah, 300. I was very uh, shocked when I finished, when I realized how many you I You have finished. as many puff daisies as Andrea has spray-painted wooden ones or whatever. Exactly. Well, it was funny when I saw your post of the cloud, I was like, oh, hive mind. We're sharing the I brain actually, cell. <laughs> originally, I wanted them to be like felt or like a soft material. But I was like, yeah. when I considered the time cost, I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I've been working on this since we started our hiatus. Oh, my God. OK, that's a lot, bro. That looks really yeah. awesome, though. That makes me so happy. It's so fun. Well, I, so a a traditional puff stitch daisy doesn't have this. I added, so I made 300 of these little buttons out of uh, crochet to sew on. So I've been also sewing all of the centers in as well. I love that. That's amazing though, Jordan. It It looks so good. I think it adds so much because it makes it really like a pop of color i love that that's so cute dude yeah so that's yeah that was my full update was flowers and navajo jewelry oh yeah okay so going back to your job you just is it just like a local shop yeah yeah and you're just just like helping out i assume like one lady owns a business or a couple i bet wait hold on is it an older couple and the man has a ponytail and the lady has really long dark hair with the natural gray 
So <laughs> you're half a, right because episode. she's got this beautiful like blonde balayage that she's rocking. Mm, uh, but yes, okay. that is that is the entire vibe. Um, yep, yep, I love it. And these yeah, people haven't so, bought granola in decades. They make their oh, own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's definitely the vibe. Um, I get a lot of questions about crystals and helping people clear their energy. Um, so, do you know you about know, that stuff? I know enough to make it seem like I know about that stuff. I can say specific shit like, "Oh, amethyst is about intuition and." but you don't wear it on uh, any day but Saturday because that's Saturn's day and he'll offer protection if you wear it on Saturdays. Uh, oh, snap. Oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Here's the so, thing. If I saw Jordan just on the streets, just randomly, right. and you're like, that woman is a witch, I'd be like, that checks out. So, like, right. I believe you. Like, if you told me some stuff about my future, I'd be like, maybe, probably, yeah. Okay. Oh, dude. like every day Jordan can... is definitely a punk witch. So work Jordan is definitely a turquoise dealer crystal witch. Oh, like you can. And definitely... then I walk in like this, and I'm like, "Have you seen our incense collection? <laughs> <laughs> My hair in eight different time zones." Um, They're like, "Oh yeah, this lady's definitely poured blood into a bowl before." I'm gonna listen to what she says. Oh Hell yeah, yeah. Dude. no, I, uh, it's, it's been very funny, but yeah, the, the main thing is the, the jewelry. Um, and that is cause my mom is from Albuquerque. So I actually already know a lot about turquoise jewelry and coral nice. jewelry and a lot of the artists in Albuquerque. Oh, what do they teach you about it in school? Um, (laughs) they actually do teach you the history of new mexico and you go to school there um but i've just read so much about all of it and like just because of my mom and her family have a bunch of this like random knowledge about the area um Mm. so i know how the jewelry is made and i know you know where they're getting the coral and i know all this stuff that people kind of give me the side eye about but i don't know it's it's beautiful it's it, uh, it's honestly like the turquoise pieces that i have in my collection were my mom's mom and mm. they are just the most stunning pieces that i have my stepmom had a super expensive turquoise necklace with like really big pieces of turquoise that her ex-husband mm-hmm. gave her. So when I was in high school, she let me cut it up and make a new necklace out of it because she didn't like her ex-husband. Oh, snap. Fair. Okay. That's awesome, though. Uh, and I incorporated, uh, I when I went to Alaska with my family, I got this like really cool engraved or carved uh i think it's whalebone maybe i can't remember it might be elk but um it's like a cool like pendant so i just have the pendant and then like hundreds of dollars worth of turquoise and i'm in high school just wearing it like this is cool and then someone's like that's worth so much money (laughs) amazing yeah because you're a kid you're like i don't know it's a bead i don't know the value of this like yeah No, my mom still does that because she'll send me jewelry that she doesn't want anymore. And she'll go, you could cut this up and put it in the dollhouse. And I'm like, mom, that's a $900 necklace. I'm not touching it. 
It's going to go that's into really the funny. safe box with everything else that I have that's too expensive for the way I live my life. And then we're just going to move on. I love that Jordan's the only person in her family that cares about monetary value. People are just like, here, take this thing. You're like, this is our inheritance. I'm putting this away. <laughs> well, yeah, because my mom was like, you could sell this ring you know, I, I don't have any connection to it really. And mm-hmm. you don't have to hold on to it. And I was like, mom, this is 90 years old, handmade by someone who lives on the Navajo reservation. I'm never getting rid of it. Uh, <laughs> like this is, yeah. this is officially an art object. <laughs> yeah. It's, I have a difficult time owning things that have any real value because I'm so afraid of them. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like like I think my laptop is like the biggest thing and like some of my recording equipment but outside of that I have one purse that a client gifted me I worked for her it's like an $800 purse and I just use it all like it's the biggest bag I own but sometimes it feels weird to like take it out into public and be like this is worth more than anything else I own like this is crazy <laughs> that I'm just using this to store tampons it's ridiculous <laughs> Amazing. See, I started getting over that stuff when I, um, cause I had a, a pretty good paying job and a really low rent at one point and I bought Prada glasses Ooh. and that was like my first big ridiculous purchase. Um, and so I kind of moved into it with like functionality and, and I was now say, I'm in the jewelry space. Yeah. You use those every day. There yeah, are certain exactly. things that I definitely excuse spending more, maybe not $800, but like buying a very quality version of because it is this thing that is either so frontward facing or I need it to actually be that good that like I've lost out on it being less expensive. Yes, is like yeah. I'll be like, oh, this is a lot of money. But then while I'm using it or I'm in the airport with that bag, I'm like, I'm so glad I spent money on this fucking bag. You know what I mean? Yes. So like certain things I will definitely like my mom said shoes, bags. Like there are certain things you're allowed to spend money on because like cheap shoes will mess your wear whole out. body up. Yeah. Yes. They'll wear out and they'll yes. mess your whole body up. Like if you're trying to buy shoes to like work in or something, and you're like, oh well, I'll get cheap ones. It's like you are in those shoes all day. Like you need to shoes, everyone deserves good mattresses, shoes. Mattresses. Um eyewear. Yes. There we go. Yeah. I well the second you said glasses, I was like, oh yeah, Jordan. Like you need them to see. You're allowed to have Seeing good is a glasses for sure. Full time job for sure. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. put it right up there with smelling and tasting. I still remember <laughs> I uh, I have gas permeable contacts, which are the hard lenses, and I've had them since seventh grade because my eyesight's very bad. And I still remember I went to the doctor, and he's like, you know, it might be more comfortable if you got soft ones because I was having <sighs> like the glass work there's a lot of dust in the air and it irritates your mm-hmm. eyes and it you know they're just not comfortable to wear for a long time and i was like oh yeah so i could like wear them longer he's like yeah and i was like oh, okay like sign me up and he gave them to me and they just i they were blurry like i couldn't see out of them and i went huh. to him and i was like yeah i just they don't focus like i feel like everything's out of focus all the time he's like yeah well you're just not gonna see as well as with the hard ones i'm like this is their job why would you this give me my these? job like why would you give these to me this is oh horrible my god 
So I was just, everything was blurry for a couple weeks. And I was like, nah, rewind that shit. Give me the good stuff. Like, this is But also, this that's is not so happening. funny because gas, I only know about those as, like, the first kind of contacts they ever made. Like, I, it's so funny that you need those for your eyes. But Well, when your eyesight is really bad, the hard lenses will actually keep your cornea from continuing to change shape. So it will even out how quickly your vision changes because it's essentially like a mold for your cornea. So it can't really change shape. So the longer you wear them, the less often you need to get your prescription changed. So you can actually keep the same prescription longer. So it's actually kind of nice, but that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I can't put stuff in my eyes. I yeah. just feel I was like about to say, I would. I don't think that they even offer those to people anymore, especially when you're like that young. Like there's getting... a special you have to go to a special doctor. Like most doctors don't yeah. know how to fit them. Um, yeah, they don't even but, ask you if you want those kind. <laughs> yeah, unless your vision. That's mine is plus or minus like nine something. So it's Oof, like okay, yeah, it's real bad. So I need yeah. them. Um, and the yeah. doctor that I have also wears them and she's super good at fitting them. So she does like a really good job. Uh, but it's funny, like the first time I went to the doctor and had them, you can just with hard contacts, you can just pull your eyelid and they pop out. So I'll just pop yeah. them into the case like I don't even touch them at all. And the doctor was like, is this a magic trick? I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> and I was Amazing. like, yeah, seventh grade, baby. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No, I just feel like I would be that person. You get the news article. It's like, woman finds 20 contact lenses stuck behind her eye. <laughs> no, it'll roll that back can't around happen. eventually. <laughs> They'll go get it if they have to, but it'll... Because I had... I got mine in sixth grade, the flat kind. And I originally thought that one was stuck in my eye but it had actually popped out at some point and what I thought was the contact was like my lens or something like I wasn't used to looking for it in my eye so I thought I saw it and so I just kept trying to grab it and thought that I couldn't get it and oh when they, god and when they gave me like the eye drops to see if I, I like uh put like an abrasion on my cornea and they were like, yeah, we can see your fingerprints in the dye oh, from where you were trying to get it. Oh, my <laughs> God, oh. Katrina. I was determined to get it out of there. I was like, I'm not going to fuck this up. I need my glasses to stop coming off in dance class. <laughs> How old were you? I got them when I was in like six going into seventh grade, like the same time as you. Oh but I had glasses gosh. since I was three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, That's. But, oh, God. That makes me, I accidentally touched my eye with my fake nail the other day, like trying to just do the under oh, eye and I missed. Did you scratch and it? No, but it is my biggest fear because I know so many people who have like cut their eye and had to yeah. do the, the paste. And you have to wear an eye patch for like stuff. a week. It's not that bad. <laughs> Once they Ooh. give you the drops, it's like uh feels kind of okay. It like hurts though. It hurt honestly, if you do like a small abrasion, it hurts kind of the same amount as getting jizz in your eye. Like where it just hurts. Every time you blink for a little bit. Has that ever happened? Just me? Okay. I've never, never had mind. that happen. We'll get Elliot to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
yeah, you have an eye patch. I forgot. I have the coolest eye patch. Um, I forget the name of the artist that made it. I'll find her. But I have a unicorn eye patch. Eye patch that they made me on Cult Podcast, and it's there's a piece of me that's like when I start to finally go blind. I hope it's the left eye so I can wear this eye patch. Hell yeah. (laughs) Which is ironically the eye I see the best out of. So it'll probably be the right. So that's a bummer. But nah. first off, you won't go blind or they'll let you get really, really close to going blind and then they'll give you a cow eye. It's fine. Um, Oh, yeah. That'll be awesome. My mom has cow eyes. Really? She has new uh, lenses. She has no like she has a some degenerative eye disease that I probably have because we both can't drive kidding. at night. I didn't know we could do I can't that. Drive now. Yeah. So like we both have just horrible night vision and like, oh, but yeah. her, my whole life we joked about how she can't tell the difference between like blue, black and brown. Like if oh. you go shopping with my mom, you have to tell her what color those things are. And we used to always just joke that she couldn't tell the difference and then she got older and figured out she had this degenerative eye disease. So she like kept going to the eye doctor and they basically just watch it till it gets to a certain point in your time to sur- for surgery. And they do it in these large groups. And so my dad dropped her off and she called me the first day and they do it one eye at the time. So I was like, oh, how do you feel? And she was and she had it whenever she like uncovered eyes. She was like, Katrina, everything is so bright like the pool she was like i never realized our pool was that blue i never realized traffic lights were that green like wow everything is more intense than i ever thought the color was and my dad thought that she was being dramatic and they all went for their checkups at the same time and my dad was like it was literally just a room of like 60 year old people screaming about color like everyone was just like have you seen this shit like just talking about just regular stuff in the world that they always thought was like my mom described it she was like basically i always thought everything was in like sepia like she was like, you know that thing it's, they do to pictures where they make them look like old, like everything kind of had that kind of film over it. And That's she thought insane. that was just how everything looked. And it just got worse and worse. I think the older she got, but wow. the part that she notices is like orbs, like light orbs, stuff like that, that I'll be like, yeah, I can't drive a night. She's like, yeah, I was the same way. And now it's like way better. So I'll see if I end up the same way, but yeah. It was super fun. My mom just like calling me randomly to scream about what color things were for like six months. Oh, I love that. That's actually really sweet, Katrina. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And her literally being like, I understand why you guys like laughed at me when I messed up my suits. Like she would go to the dry cleaners and if they put her suit bottoms not together, she would be like, Katrina, are these the pants that go with this? Because if it was like blue, black, or brown, she wouldn't be able to tell. And she was like, now I see the difference so much more. I understand why you guys thought that was so funny. But she wow. was like, I was just like, I don't know. I can't see the difference. Like, That's is crazy. it? Does she have like one new eye and one old one still? Or no, are they now, both? Like they just did that um, in terms of the way they do it to make sure it's okay in your okay. eye or whatever and make sure everything heals well. But yeah, yeah, she has both of them done now. 
That's but they so go back cool. in those increments together. And since they do the surgeries in groups, it'll be like the six week group all going back together. And so okay. like you're in the waiting room with like three people that had surgery the same, you know, time as you. It's so funny. Oh, well, thanks for catching up with us, everyone. Yeah, this was really fun. I miss you guys. And uh, I'm excited to do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah Next back, time we'll baby. be back on our new schedule, our new monthly schedule, right? With bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. Right? If Twice you a month. Subscribe, mm -hmm. right? Oh, to the Patreon. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So bi-monthly yeah. if you subscribe, monthly if you don't. Totally respect it. Either way, love to hear from you next time you come around. Um <laughs> I love that I keep ending every episode like I'm an aunt that lives out of town. I don't know why I'm doing that. Um <laughs> But if you enjoyed catching up with us today and want to please uh, follow us at Pavantgarde, P-O-D-V-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E um, on Instagram and Twitter and also our Facebook group. And there will be a link to our Patreon in the description for this episode, as well as information to see Andrea's art installation in Milwaukee and Yay. a link to where you can go to see information for the next The Comic is Present if you live in L.A. and want to come later this summer. Hell yeah, Wonder. dude. Oh, oh, and if you like me as a person, um, my name is Katrina. Um, we did a loose intro, uh, but uh, yeah, you oh, can yeah, follow me at Katrina. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Katrina Savad. Uh, it's Katrina, like the hurricane, S-I-V-A-D, which is just Davis backwards uh, on all of the stuff. Jordan, are you laughing because I said like the hurricane? Yes. Yes, I am. I mean, I try not to, but <laughs> it, it's with a K. What, I get offended, not offended, but like when people ask like with a C or a K, I'm like, why the fuck would it ever be with the C? I know that people <laughs> spell it that way, but it just seems so. I'm like, no, it's always wrong, with a K, but it. you know what I mean. But also yeah. I introduced myself because people never believe they're like, what did you say your name was? And I'm like, Jordan, like the river. So I get it. <laughs> No one believes her name is Jordan for real. Like, do they think it's People like because it's a boy's name? Yeah. Or they think they misheard me and they start calling me Morgan. Like, it's just oh, the most right. baffling. <laughs> oh, you know what? For some reason, and I'm blaming myself because this is recent, but people will say, Patrina? What? That's not even never. a name. That's no I've one's never name. said that. I, and straight face as hell. And my mom told me that she knew a Patrina. And I was like, mom, shut up. Like, <laughs> See, this you're is lying. the problem. Stop making this up is... bits, mom. But yeah, people will be like, Patrina. I'm like, no, never that. <laughs> this is the problem oh with living God. in Los Angeles. Because we're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like anything goes. You could be <laughs> seven. It's fine. Patrina. Oh, my God. I no. wore my name tag at work because I don't technically have to wear one. Um, but I wore it for five minutes because I put it on and a woman immediately ran up to me and said, you're Jordanian. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's just my name. 
we're not in a model UN meeting. We don't all wear tags for what we represent. That's so what? Why is that a thing you think would be happening in the store? I love you don't know how name tags work. I, I've never What's met someone who didn't on? understand a name tag. It was just the most baffling. I was like, I don't understand why you're mad. Because now I'm just imagining Jordan being like, I'm out. Just taking it off immediately. Just, I did. No, I no. literally walked over to my purse and was just like, thank you for making never me mind. this, but I'm not wearing you're it ever again. Jordanian. That's so funny. What? That your brain would think that a store would ask people to do that. Also, I have so many follow-up questions to you thinking that, ma'am. Yeah. Hilarious. I mean, yeah. maybe also- their, only, their only experience with name tags was at Disneyland? Because, like, Disney does that. What? Do they for, like, Finland or where? Like, in It's a Small World? Oh, I didn't know. No, no. Did. It's every employee wears their name tag. Maybe it's just Disney World. But you wear your name tag and it has your name and where you're from. So you're like home. Okay, no. but it has Florida, both. Los Angeles. <laughs> but that but it has both, still... Jordan. <laughs> it does... It's still name first, place second, not just place. No names, places only. Yes. Fuck it. That's, yes. That is insane. Um, but well, Jordan, did you post your daisies? Where can people find pictures of no, your daisies? No, I actually, I've been uh, really depressed, so I haven't posted anything on social media <laughs> in like a month. I respect um, that. Yeah, well, I'm take honestly. a picture and send it to me for the episode if you want. I will. I absolutely Ooh, will. That's a good idea. I wrote down puff daisies. <laughs> yeah, no, and like I said, if anybody wants the episode, <laughs> if anybody wants patterns, hit me up. Yay. Jordan is insanely deftly talented and has a focus that I really respect. She's taught herself like three separate things since we've like started this podcast and I'm still just trying to read more. So (laughs) yeah, hit up Jordan if you like embroidery. The last thing that she shared that Spanish lace is for real going to be like a $400 White House black market table runner. So hell yeah, depending on what your aesthetic is. Yeah. And where can people follow you on social media, Jordan? Uh, You can follow me at the Goonie Bird or Goonie Bird Crafts on Instagram. Hell yeah, dude. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta. Uh, you guys should check out our Facebook page, which is Podvant Guard. It's a Facebook group. It's really fun. We share memes. I was about and to say, about there's there. art in there. The people time. make cat review memes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, Abner's memes are pretty fire. Uh, I mean, yeah. a lot of them were pretty spot on. And then, but something else really cool happened since then. Like some people make their art and share it in there. There's a lot of good. stuff I like that. I really like yeah. people just sharing the stuff they make, and I love hearing yes. about. My favorite is when someone's like, "You guys inspired me to make art again," and I'm just like crying. Yeah. Like that's the sweetest oh. thing ever. No, so. seriously, because then they kind of inspire me to like go back to figure drawing or whatever it is. You Absolutely. know, all the different Absolutely. levels of ways that we all wish we were better. I feel like even this podcast has helped me realize that I'm not the only person that feels this. Like, is like. It, 
sometimes frustrated and enraged by the gap between how good I feel like I should be doing something. Like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to draw. Like I can picture that figure. I have like an aesthetic for the way things look good. And then my hand just does something and I'm like, this is trash. Like there's <laughs> such a, cause I feel like I do it with roller skating too. In my head, I feel like I should be able to connect my brain to my legs because I like can picture my body moving in this way. <laughs> And yeah. then I just fall and it's so yeah. upsetting. So just <laughs> well, to watch people work through that and make, you know, actually complete the things is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I did stand up again while I was in Denver <gasps> and. Oh snap. It was fun, but it was definitely like, like my body should be better at this. What happened to my brain? Like I forgot some of my jokes and like I improvised stuff oh, yeah. Why and would like you just no jokes. If you hadn't like super prepared to, you're not just gonna like, yeah. Yeah, I had written some things down, but I also like I hadn't done stand up in two years and it's like I'm not even this person anymore. Like <laughs> mm, I can't the tell jokes these jokes. That you remembered are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so totally I had to like that. change things to like fit who yeah. I was. So it was like half jokes, half like new shit. And it was okay. okay. Yeah. I think I did okay, but it was still just like who am what is this body is this my body what the fuck well so, it yeah, is your body you just haven't been a comic as this person yeah, yeah. absolutely so it was oh, that's like, that's so true you. katrina yeah yeah that's yeah. Really you've been this person you were just having a disconnect between the last time you were in that on that platform Mm-hmm. doing the thing so you were performing as a past self and then which like, isn't good real time being like that's wrong and then but that's why you were ad-libbing because you would like go to yeah. say something and be like that's wrong and then I you're don't like oh that but shit actually anymore. this right 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 whatever that yeah. looks like hell yeah yeah absolutely well yeah but yeah to drop some gtw truth bombs practice 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 that's all there is absolutely <laughs> okay if we wrote a bible that would be it it would it would be the ecclesiastes (laughs) of art and but it's just practice 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 everything is practice exactly is that the thing your dad what's the thing your dad says with ten thousand in it jordan oh you gotta make your ten thousand mistakes that's what it is oh that's cute i love that yeah i like that yep If you've made it this far, I'm so sorry I didn't mention this earlier. There is a new episode of Jordan Watches a Star War on uh, yes! the This Is Not a Show Patreon. <laughs> I nice. love this series. It's so funny. <laughs> you get to hear uh, how much I don't like Mark Hamill. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Let's get it. I can see Here's that. the thing. I love Star Wars. I love the OG Star Wars, but I love listening to Jordan not understand Star Wars a little bit more. So it's, you know, <laughs> I've made it 30 years and uh, this is just what happens to a person when they don't know pop culture. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get out of here. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening to another Absolutely. episode. We'll be back with a, a more centrally art we talked a decent amount about art but like a person centered art episode soon yeah you we love you (laughs) hey guys andrea here um i'm asking for your help a little bit today 
because Jordan, Katrina, and I are all comedians and artists who don't have any experience editing sound, and because this is a sound-based medium, we have asked an editor to help us with our episodes. Um, we had a few issues early on with some of the early recordings, and we're working on getting those sorted out. Um, and... Part of that is just having an audio engineer. So in order to be able to actually pay him and pay him a fair rate, uh, we're asking for your help. We've set up a Patreon, patreon.com slash podvantgarde. And our goal is that we can pay him not from our own pockets, but from the resources of the show itself, which means we need your help. Um we're also planning on starting to release bonus episodes. We'll start with one a month. Um, and as that Patreon rate increases, we'd like to eventually expand that to a bonus episode every week. And the bonus episodes will be more, um, a little bit more loose fit. We'll be covering art, uh, like current events and weird things that happen because there's a lot of like weird stuff going on in the art world right now, um, especially around NFTs, especially around AI. And I think it's really interesting and worth talking about, but we just need to be able to pay someone to edit that bonus content. Um, I would also say that in terms of the time cost, you know, Katrina, Jordan, and I all are supporting ourselves outside of this show. This show takes a lot of time. I'm probably spending at least three days a week with every episode just researching. We're buying books. Um, Katrina's editing the time codes. She's building our website. She's doing all our social media. Jordan is also researching her own episodes. And my goal for the Patreon is just that it can become something that you know we're not looking to get rich I don't think that's ever been our goal I don't think we ever think that could be our goal but what I'd like to be able to happen eventually is that the Patreon can become a way for us to just pay ourselves a living wage for the time that we invest into this show my experience uh, with cult podcast um, is that it's really hard to make a show every single week and not have other financial resources. So what I want is that this Patreon can eventually become a financial resource for us. It can help us support ourselves and it can help us to continue putting the show out so that we don't get burnt out and want to pull our hair out. Um, we love you so much and we think that the show is really important. I personally think that we need more podcasts that cover history and art history from a feminist, anti-colonial queer perspective and that's where we're coming from as artists and as art historians and comedians we love you we love this show thank you so much for supporting it that's again at patreon.com slash and thanks guys <laughs>